Welcome to the Hog Call Podcast. This is Chad. And this is Tim. Be sure to subscribe to the Hog Call on your favorite podcast directory, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever you like. We're on them all. Listen to the Hog Call Podcast live at icepatio.com. The only live, real-time, uncut, uncensored Razorback podcast created by fans for fans. Friend us on Facebook at Hog Call Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Hog Call Podcast. Chad runs the Facebook page and Tim runs the Twitter page. Support the Hog Call Podcast by helping us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating and leave a comment, even if it's just Go Hogs. This will go a long way in allowing other Razorback fans to find the podcast more easily. If you'd like to throw our tip our way, you can support us financially at our Patreon page. Even $1 would go a long way in updating our equipment or providing server space to store episodes. We're counting on fan support. Do you have something Hog Call Nation needs to hear? Call us and leave a voicemail at 812-850-0110 or send an email to hogcallpodcast at gmail. Let's go get that mess out of the way. How's it going, Tim? Yeah, it is. Uh, got Razorback football this week. And Razorback basketball, so I'm looking forward to a week off in football and got three more games left, so I guess we better enjoy it till next year. Yeah, I 100% agree. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, even though it's, it's, it's been kind of a bummer of a football season, basketball is here, and I think that's going to be our, our saving grace. Um, of course, hockey has been doing real well. So hats off to the Razorback hockey team. You know, just can't say enough about how good they're doing. Uh, D1 took a couple of hard losses. Uh, but, you know, they have uh, got some good wins too. And so they're still in the hunt. Uh, you can't rule them out yet. And then D3 has just been rolling. Uh, they lost some games to Kansas and that was it. Um, other than that, they've just been really, uh, putting up a bunch of W's. It looks like they're going to have a real chance at a natty. So if you're looking to watch a real national championship team, I think that D3 team is going to be the team to watch. Yeah, but uh, D1 split with Colorado, uh, not bad. And then, uh, yeah, the D3 team, uh, they've got SMU coming up and then a Pacific Regional Showcase, get a rematch with Kansas who beat them, but uh, kind of on the road. But, yeah, they're doing real well. Uh, yeah, I think the Little Rock games. be a good weekend. I think the Little Rock games are coming up for them, right? For the Let me see here. Well, I think so. So uh yeah, no, like you said, they're doing really well. They're really fun to watch. They've been getting a lot more aggressive lately, especially the D one. I know they started out where they wasn't aggressive and they wasn't as uh I guess exciting to watch these three teams. They really turned it around. They've really become a lot more aggressive, and uh, you know they're playing a, a lot better hockey than they than they were at the beginning of the season. And heck, they were playing the number twenty four team in the nation um, in uh, in and in, in that last game that they were playing up in up at Springdale, and they they won one of those. So you know that's that's nothing to sneeze at. I mean that's a you know I mean they're not in the top ten, but they're still. Top 25, that's a big deal. Oh, most definitely in any sport. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, and, uh, I, and both of those 
still plenty of hockey. Like I said, they're they're both a D one, especially had a slower start. And they're getting going, so it's gonna be fun mm-hmm. this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, who was that? Was uh, you know D one had that slow start again. They they brought it on. It was Colorado, I guess. That was the twenty uh, fourth ranked team in the nation, and uh, that's who they beat. And they took one loss to them. And, you know, we got some real winnable games coming up uh, when we play Missouri, um, and that's going to be uh, one that's very real winnable. Um, I would assume that uh, the Arizona teams don't have the greatest hockey teams. I've never, I've never heard a lot of ice in Arizona. <clears throat> so you know, oh, yeah. you got that, and we're playing Arizona and Arizona State, which is pretty cool. You know that we're playing both. Of those. So that's that's the yeah, game that's coming up. That. That's okay, oh, it's pretty cool playing ice hockey in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> it is, right? <laughs> hey, that works, though. I mean, we're Arkansas. They play a lot of sports. So it's, it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, then when we talked about that D3, and they got that, uh, I think it's all missed that they play down in Little Rock. But, oh, no, it's a little ways away. So it's not until 118 uh, or 125, sorry. They play that's crazy. They play them in Springdale twice and then a the Little Rock once. So uh, 125 is that Little Rock game. So you still got time to prepare, get ready, cheap tickets, you know, excellent game to watch. If, you know, if you want to watch a team that has the opportunity to go all the way this year, you know, the hockey team is it. And I just got to say kudos to them. Um, excellent, excellent uh, coverage on their YouTube channel. Um easy to blow up, put it on your big screen, sit back with a beer, watch it at the house. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just, a, you know, I, I'm not trying to be over the top about it, but, man, they're having such a good year. It's hard not to when you're not as excited about football and you have another full-contact competitive sport that it's fun to be excited about, you know? Oh, absolutely. You're talking about on the, the YouTube and how they broadcast it. I mean, you ain't got to put up with commercials, you know, like a – uh, other sports on regular TV, and like you said, you can put it on your TV, watch it. Looks good. I mean, the quality's great. I mean, how awesome mm-hmm. is it? I mean, pretty fooled by that, you know. Right now, just like oh, I can watch every game, and it looks clear, you know. Oh yeah, and they got the announcer. So mm-hmm. the announcer does a good job of, of giving it to you in layman's terms. That's what I've noticed. Um, you know, I'm a little bit of a hockey fan because I watched the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And the announcers can really get in the, you know, hockey-specific terms. It doesn't mm-hmm. make it as, as enjoyable to watch. But the cool thing about watching the Arkansas hockey team is, you know, I feel like the announcers understand that not everybody is uh, as knowledgeable about hockey. So they do a good job of really explaining to you what's going on as it goes in a uh, in an understandable way. Oh, yeah, you got to like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Sorry, you, I was having some uh, technical difficulties there for a second, though, but I think we got you. Oh, sorry about that. Well, Chad, you there? Yeah, you, you got me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> We're back. All right, yeah. Seems to be the name of the game lately, technical difficulties for the Hog Call podcast. Seems like every episode for the past two or three, we've had something, something going on, so. I think what it is uh, is the uh, what, what do you call it? Is the uh, um, cell service? Oh yeah, the issue. Sure. you know. I, I uh, worse as the winter comes on. I mean, I only got two bars and I'm in the city. You know, 
if I how how you how 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 are you in the city but only have two bars of service? Makes no sense. <laughs> Hell, I ain't got I ain't got two bars right now. And I don't I'm on the Wi Fi though, but it still says two bars, no four G, but still. Yeah, I live out by the lake, so um, you know, we're doing our best. It is phone cast, I mean. Oh, yeah, it's a phone cast. You know, we never said it was going to be the greatest, most professional quality, and I guess we got excited, and, you know, we got some fan support and went out there and got us some better microphones and everything, and I think that that's been really well worth it. I think that we've got a lot of good feedback from the fans and everything, talking about how, you know, the microphones sound good. But anyway, you guys don't call in and listen to us talk about you know, the uh, the issues we have. But, you know what, I'm really – I do got to say that I appreciate everybody listening, even though sometimes we do have a hiccup here and there. And, you know, we still are gaining listeners every single week. So it's amazing. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, everybody. I know uh, as far as our listeners are going up, Twitter followers going up, Twitter uh, interaction. So I always like to hear that. Hopefully, oh, yeah. I bet it – and that's just enough with a bad football year. You know, it's a good football year. The uh, I guess of the year to kind of work out the kinks for the podcast. We'll, we're we're here when we're down in football, but we'll be definitely be there when we're you know winning again. Oh yeah, if we're gonna gear bring it to you uh, through this season, you know we're gonna be there for the long haul. I figure we'll just do it until uh, you know somebody somebody falls out or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good plan to me. Has a stroke, can't talk, or something like that, or whatever. No, we'll just, oh, wait. Maybe we can just find us another host and just keep this thing rolling. And, yeah. Or let's say we're just right, you know. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, anyway, I guess we should roll into this Arkansas Vanderbilt game. I know we don't want to talk about it. I know we both had a chance to watch it twice. And, you know, we've talked about it outside of the podcast. Talked about it a little bit on the podcast, nothing big, but I guess it's time to get in depth with it. Yeah, we can run through it. I mean, I I, I had the displeasure, wasn't pleasure, it was the displeasure of going to the game, and then I rewatched it on TV and it didn't get any better. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, with the way the way it started, you know, seven to nothing, uh, beautiful day in Fayetteville. It's like, oh, this is gonna be good, you know. He just jumped down on them, drive big plays. Oh yeah. yeah, whenever 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 uh, Rakeem boys ran it in, I was like, "This is it. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna run it up." No, no, they don't have a chance. That was my thought, and that was stupid of me. <laughs> and what do you say? Oh. oh, go ahead. No, Chad, I, I apologize. No, I was just gonna say. Then they came right back and answered, and I was like, "Okay, what's well, gonna be a shootout?" I was, that wasn't very smart of me either. I guess. <laughs> that's that's exactly the thought I had and, uh, uh, right then I was like well looks like it's going to be a shootout you know and, <laughs> and then we turned around and scored yeah, yeah this, then we turned around and scored again just get our hopes up it's definitely going to be a shootout right mm-hmm. and, and you, you, said, you told me two weeks two weeks ago when we were doing the Vanderbilt preview podcast if we said alright we're going to score 31 points I'm like oh we're definitely winning that one no way Vanderbilt, you know, their offense put up seven against Kentucky, not the highest, like, they only averaged 20 points a game. Mm-hmm. And I would have thought 31 points would have been enough, and far from enough. Oh, you would think. Yeah, you definitely would think that our defense would have showed up. But watching that game, there were 
there were moments when it looked like we wasn't even trying, especially in the third and the fourth quarter. It looked like the defense just stopped trying. I've seen uh, players that had the opportunity to make tackles, and they were, like, looking at their teammates to see if they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, like, not even, like, I mean, it's like they didn't even try. It's like they didn't even bring the effort um, to have a good defensive game. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know what happened to our aggressive defense. And, uh, we're not even forcing a turnover. We needed a turnover or something or just to stop in that game so bad. And they just kept mm-hmm. – there's no way that this Vaughn uh, – Keyshawn Vaughn for Vanderbilt. I mean, he's a good player. No way he should have 26 carries, 172 yards, three touchdowns. Just, I mean, just continually just running all over their defense and breaking tackles like he's, you know, yeah. uh, you know what I mean, just a big bruiser. I mean, uh, him, he's just running over. So, I mean, 5'10 guy, you know. Yeah, and the defense has played A&M hard. Like, if you play that way in this game, you win. Mm-hmm. But you, but they don't. Yeah, they can't. They came All out. Offense ain't the best, but even that one was—they pretty much only got about a, a one offensive touchdown score. So we, mm-hmm. but it just seems like the defense has gotten worse. I mean, oh yeah, like you, like you were saying last time. I mean, uh, uh, that shutout wasn't nothing. Oh, terrible offensive team. That wasn't nothing. But I still thought we could have held shut down anybody. Because I thought we took it ahead of Vanderbilt, but just a couple touchdowns, you know, just running all over. So, yeah, absolutely. And it's just hard to get excited about Tulsa with as bad of a year as they had. You know, sure. It's mm-hmm. like, how do you get excited about that? And then <laughs> they had the opportunity to come out and beat Vanderbilt, and I felt like that would have been a good, exciting win because it's their first SEC win, and we just totally lay an egg. I mean, you would thought Vanderbilt was Alabama or something, the way we looked out there. Yeah, I mean, they looked no – I mean, I mean, Bama had – Pretty much just maybe two more touchdowns, and that was you know Bama. It was Vanderbilt, and uh, wouldn't have thought that that their tight end killed us again. I don't mm-hmm. know what our our defense has been terrible in SEC against tight ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a couple touchdowns, ninety three yards. Exactly. It wasn't what I expected. I thought before the bye week we we're going to come out strong and hit him in the mouth, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I had a, a buddy I was talking to the other day. He was like, you know. Uh, talking about Arkansas this and Arkansas that kind of, you know, he's a Florida guy, so they get all weird, oh, high mighty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he was being nasty, and I said, look, I mean, you're talking about the same team that played against Alabama for the West just about every single year when we had Houston Nutt as our coach, you know, like contenders. You know, in the Southwest Conference, contenders winning the conference, you know, mm-hmm. national championship team. So it's like <clears throat> this is not our legacy. This is not who we are. This is not the type of team that Arkansas represents, you know. Uh, yeah, right now, the Vanderbilt, man. Uh, that's that's yeah. low. I thought it was the low of low after North Texas, but that was the low. Luke getting beat by a couple touchdowns to Vanderbilt at home. After you've had all year to tune up, get it just right, mm-hmm. you played other SEC teams, you played SEC teams close, you know that you're a good team, you got good players, and then you come out and it looks like Vanderbilt just has a better football team, better players than 
than we do. So, you know, I hear a lot of media people say, well, what it is is that the Arkansas players, some of them don't want to play for Chad Morris and, you know, this, that, and other, and it's the players. And I just have a hard time believing that it's the players. And I know I've not beat this dead horse about, you know, we've, we've either had good recruiting classes or we haven't, and everybody keeps talking about how they were good before. And so if we did, then that means we have good players, according to what, you know, according to the fallacy of Arkansas Razorback media uh, coverage right now. Um, because that's the look at our recruiting class now. It's, we're gonna we're gonna be doing better next year. You know, it's all about recruiting class this recruit. You know, we, we got players. It's not like we don't have players. I just don't feel like we're utilizing those players correctly. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we don't have players. I, I know we don't have a lot of wide receivers. I know we don't have a lot of depth there. But I feel like we have good running backs, and I feel like you know we got decent quarterbacks. Um, not we don't have anything set in the world on fire quarterback wise, but we got good, serviceable quarterbacks that can manage the game. We've got good running backs. We got great tight end. We got decent wide receivers, good enough that we should be able to play with any team that we come across, SEC or not. So, oh yeah, uh, you know definitely, that's kind of what definitely definitely was good enough players that shouldn't have been you know two and seven hopefully not um, but could happen two and end up two and ten you know what I mean I mean yeah, at least got the players should have been we should have been six and six make the ball game this year you know what I mean I mean that would have just taken you know should have been good enough to beat Colorado State North Texas Ole Miss and Vanderbilt at the least at the least you know at the least. I'm not. Yes, it feels to me like it's just a coaching issue when you can't beat Vanderbilt, when you can't get the guys fired up enough to beat Vanderbilt. So is it that the players, you know, aren't playing, the players aren't good enough, or maybe it's just that the coach isn't good enough at motivating the players, you know? Um, yeah, I hate to beat the dead horse, but if we only win two games, it's the worst season we've ever had. It's not okay, even if you're a brand new coach in my book, to have the worst season the Arkansas Razorbacks ever had in history. Oh, no. I mean, we've got to beat at least somebody in the next three games. I'm not sad we're just asking for one win in three games just to avoid that worst record. But that's where we're at. I, I think it's a combination of the players and the coaching this year. I really hope it gets better, but. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe so. I mean, maybe the players just aren't performing for the coach. I mean, like I said, it looked like in this game they just didn't come out and play. Like they just laid down and gave up. And um, I mean, what do you do as a coach if, if that's the case? And maybe that's going to wind up being, you know, something he can correct. Maybe that's going to wind up being something that we can we can work with. But you know, again, it's hard for me to. I don't know. It's just hard for me to believe that we just didn't have a better coach. We wouldn't have at least a couple more wins. That's just that's that's just the bottom line for me. Um, <laughs> and you know, 
I guess I just don't want an average coach, you know, because we deserve it. And we've had our share of great coaches, you know, at the University of Arkansas, whether it was, you know, Lou Holtz or whether it was, you know, Ken Hatfield or Frank Brawls. I'd even throw Houston Nudd in there. Um, we've had great coaches. You know, it's not like we've had uh, – well, we've had our periods of time where we've had coaches that didn't fit the bill, they wasn't the right coach, and we got rid of them and we got – a coach that that was a great coach in there that could uh, that could fill those shoes. So my thing is that you know is is he's got, and if you can't win, um, if you if you have the worst season in Razorback history, worse than John L. Smith, even, are you the guy? Is that the guy we want? You know? Yeah, but they're not going to fire him after this year. So all I got right now is hope that he can turn that. Yeah, I mean, gotta, yeah, and I don't think they're gotta gonna be, gotta, yeah. I don't think they're gonna fire him this year. I don't. And but I, I, I do think that we gotta be honest with ourselves as fans, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we have a responsibility to ask ourselves these questions because if we can run out a coach out of town like Houston Nutt, if we can garner enough support to do that. You know, we can garner enough support to run this guy out of town with Bella, honestly. If, if fan base rules oh, are just gone, we can, we can make that happen. I, I firmly believe that. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, man. The power, power of the Razorback fans is pretty strong if, that, if the time comes for that. Yeah, and I'm not saying this is time for that, but you got to start thinking about it next year if there's not a huge improvement. I think we really do have to start thinking about it next year. I think next year, if we're not winning the non-conference games, we've really got to start thinking about, like, is this is this the guy for the program? Yeah, we don't – I mean, Colorado State's are big at non-conference for the next year again. So, we got to go 4-0. Oh, hey, maybe he's setting the bar low. So, if we win, go 4-8 and eight next year. He can say, hey, I doubled this some wins, you know. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like he did that. He went from two wins to five wins. Or <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, and if he can if he can get us to a bowl game next year, I'll, I'll you know I'm not off of the Chad Morris bandwagon, but I'm very skeptical of where it's going. You know, yeah, I, but I want to see a upset this year, and that would make me feel better about it. Oh, absolutely. And I haven't seen an upset, and I also haven't seen him win the games we're supposed to win, and that's scary. Yeah, that's that's one thing that hurt really hurt bad is losing those couple non or even I mean Vanderbilt on this just aren't aren't that great this year. I mean now we're now we're in the worst team in the SEC. That's what really hurts, you know. The worst it right is. now. Even even last week well Missouri hadn't won a conference game, then they go out and shellack Florida by like, you know, fifteen or twenty points or more. So that mm-hmm. was like wow, we I mean we're not only not only the last place team, but man, you know, a couple touchdowns worse than the next to it. But, um, yeah, it'd, that'd be nice. If we could pull off an upset, especially yeah. this weekend, it'd be, you know, still a lot better. We'd Absolutely. 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 So, you know, I'm sure fans are out there listening right now and they're thinking, you know, well, goodness gracious, Chad, you know, that's you're being pretty harsh, but I'm a pretty harsh guy, man. I want to win football games. 
that's what it's about for me. You know, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to, I'm, I'm going to, my thing, here's the thing, I'm a real fan, right? So I'm yeah. going to be a fan no matter what. But I'm also a fan with expectations. And when my expectations aren't met, then I'm going to be vocal about that. I mean, let's say we bring in, you know, what are we going to do the rest of the year, too? That's another question is, you know, is it going to be like the media saying and we're going to just give up the rest of the year and just start playing freshmen from this point forward and getting reps to young guys and just not even not even try to win the rest of the game? Because I've, I've been hearing that uh, might be a strategy. Yeah, I'd like to just try to win as many games as we can. Still try to win the games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, unless there's, I mean, unless there's a freshman that's like just, man, so he's came on the last couple, you know, like month in practice, like he deserves to be playing over, you know, say a Santos Ramirez. And hey, put him in, but don't, you know, hopefully not just mm-hmm. throw him in for full, you know, full games just when they're not ready. Yeah, I agree. I think the only thing that would make, I think the only way that would make sense. And, and, and the only way that you could make it work is there would have to be some brutal honesty mm-hmm. from Coach Morris to the fans and to the media where he comes out and he says, these players have been giving me pushback for the entire year. You know, they are, you know, one of the major issues that we're having right now. So we're going to go ahead and sit them the rest of the year and we're going to put some younger guys in because we can't have that type of uh, atmosphere within the program and we can't have um, that type of uh, you know uh, pushback within the program. we we got to have buy-in 100%. And so if he was going to do something like that because he needed to get buy-in from the players, I could get on board if he let me know that's why he did. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, for sure, yeah. Because I'm okay. like, if you don't want to play for the coach, you need to get out of Arkansas, right? Yeah, and there's been a couple of players leave, I think. I kind of saw so Some are already like, yeah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. No, nobody that's playing are we going to miss, you know, or anything. Yeah. And but. so, you know, and that's my thing, too, when I put it on players and I say, you know, the players didn't like they played this last game. If you don't want to play for the University of Arkansas, then get out. Pack your bags and mm-hmm. get on a Greyhound bus. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. you know when I when I worked at the University of Arkansas, I was called more than once to go to the quad, pick somebody up in my car, and drive them down to the Greyhound bus station and gave them a pass home. You know, and <laughs> if that's what it takes, that's what it takes to win. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had we, I know we put, I know we put some things above winning at the University of Arkansas, and I think that's fair. I think that you have to put some things above winning sometimes. And I know we did that. But now that that's done and over, it's time to start winning again. You know? Um, it's, time to, it's time to turn that corner. I totally agree. You know, I guess if we go through this, you know, we talked about the first three uh, first three touchdowns. So now we're up here. It's 14-14. It's Looks like it's going to be a shootout game. Uh, then uh, Vandy throws a 40-yard pass to Jared Pinky uh, to go up 21-14. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we were able to go down and kick 55-yard field goals. Connor Limpert, again, clutch. Uh, taking it to 17. Looks like we still got a chance. Then Vandy takes it down, kicks a field goal. You got 24-17. Uh, you got uh, Vandy running it in for a touchdown. 31-17. Now it's starting to get away from us. Now at this point in the game, early in the fourth quarter, that's whenever I was like, this is it. This, I don't think we're going to win this. Or, or maybe even late in the third quarter. Uh, it was either it was either late in the third or early in the fourth when I texted you. And I said, you know, this we're not going to win this game. We just didn't look well, like we were going to well, win the game. Yeah, I mean, even in that uh, uh, touchdown pass to Tyson Morris, some story, you know, mm-hmm. he still had about nine and a half minutes left in the fourth and only put us down 31-24 a touchdown, but you like we you just knew the defense. You just had a feeling the defense wasn't going to stop them, and they—I mean—they ended up scoring two more touchdowns after that. You just needed to stop, you know. Right yeah. after that, because the offense, you know, showing they can move the ball, you know, and still fighting, and then just the defense, just—I mean—give them a chance, and they just drove down there at nine plays, seventy-five yards, yeah, or well, just take the—I mean, that was another thing. I mean, that took about a five-minute drive too, that just went from us being down a touchdown to. There's only a couple minutes left in the game. And, and that's tough, too, because, you know, I've always been a Chief fan, and I've always said, like, you know, I really like the Chief, and, and look what he's done with our our defense. Mm-hmm. been saying it all year. And I I don't know if it was him not preparing the team for Vanderbilt, but, my goodness, we both out unprepared for this <laughs> game, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say, no, I don't like the Chief. I don't like what he's doing, you know. He, he, when he was at A and M, he couldn't uh, he couldn't stop anybody, and so on and so forth. And you know, I've always had his back, but this game right here, it just can't. You know, yeah, uh, it makes you wonder a little bit for sure. It does. It does. Like, you start thinking like, is the Chiefs the right guy? You know, too. Was that the best hire, uh, or was that the safe hire? And I don't know. At the same time, I think this is the first game where I've said. You know, the defense just didn't look good or like they were improving or anything. So, I mean, I guess you're going to have bad games, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, three games to show us, like, hey, you know, he's still got it as far as, you know, game planning mm-hmm. uh, during the season. So, hopefully proves it to that. I mean, just that, that many points, it's tough to feel positive and take anything away from defensively, I mean. Exactly. So then we're in the fourth quarter. Uh, we get a uh, uh, Connor Leopard kick the field goal in, take it up 31-24. Um, then we get uh, Vanderbilt going down and scoring right away, uh, 38-24. And then uh, Vanderbilt scores again, place it 45-24. And at that point, you know, like, the game is done. Um, but I felt like the offense kept playing and they went out there and got one more score. And, you know, a lot of people say it was a junk time score and this, that, and other, but I felt like they earned that score, that last score. Oh, yeah. I mean, the offense was moving all, I mean, a lot of the day. So it's not exactly mm-hmm. like I just, oh, all of a sudden, you know, we didn't score until the last. I mean, they were scoring. It's kind of, I mean, they just never, you know, the offense kept going, kept playing the same way. I like that instead of just running it, you know. Mm-hmm. 
running it down the middle a couple times, just conceding the game. So that was actually nice to see. You know, thinking back, it's like you know, still. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. It's, it's a big time loss, but at least you know, he's saying I'm going to keep keep rolling. You know, not stop. And when you look at the numbers, I mean, you look at it on paper, and uh, everything was pretty even. You know, they had 442 yards. We had 447 yards. It's just crazy how we keep running up the yards in these mm-hmm. different games. And lose. That's another thing that worries me about. I don't know if it's this type of offense or what it is, but you shouldn't be gaining more yards than another team and then losing the game. But we've, we've done that a few times. With the, anyway, this was close. This was only five-yard difference. But uh, we've seen other games where it was lost on it and we still lost. And then you got uh, you got the, the pa- uh, passing yards. They had 192. We had 240. Rushing yards, uh, they had 250. And we had uh, 207. So basically we was passing more. They was running more. And we kind of, you know, we kind of, leveled each other out, but we just could not – it was like we just couldn't put together a drive that could that could uh, go down the field when we absolutely needed it. Yeah, it seemed like when we – I mean, I desperately needed one to, to match them, especially in the mm-hmm. second half. Um, could just, I, I think, too, those two interceptions were the big difference in the game. I mean, a big difference in the game. Cause, I mean, they didn't have any, so those were just two drives that – Oh could yeah, have result, you know, could have resulted in uh, some points at least, but uh, and then not, you know, you, you never got a short field because they never fumbled through an interception. So yeah. I thought, and it sucks to outgain them. Like man, our offense did, and we averaged, we they rushed twenty more times with us. We had, but we had seven point one yards a run. I mean, we were averaging seven yards a run. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree with you. Um, and those interceptions were huge. Uh, they came at really inopportune times, and it looked like like we were going to we, we had a possibility to make something happen um, before those interceptions happened, and it took so much momentum out of us um, when when those happened. It took it really flipped the game, and then the defense really uh, again. I know that's uh, we've already said it several times, but again the defense let us down. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't have to put up you know, 60 points to win a game. You should be able no. to win if you put – if you can score once per quarter, you should win at the end of the game. That's always mm-hmm. been my philosophy. And if you can't do that, the defensive coordinator needs to figure it out or get a new job because that's squarely on the defense. You know, and like I said, the Chiefs hadn't had a whole lot of bad games this year. So maybe that was his bad game, but golly, this is not the time to have it. No. I mean, that's, that's three straight SEC games that we've scored uh, 30 or more points mm-hmm. and, lost, and lost all three of them, of course. So, so. <laughs> I wish I wish we would score 30 against A&M when they only scored 24 or, you know, mm-hmm. but, yeah, it shouldn't, but that should be enough, 30, especially in a conference game, uh, 30 points should be enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've always said, if you can get 28 points, you should be able to win it as a game. So we only need one defensive stop per quarter, you know. So I just don't think that's asking for too much. So we really got to get we got to get the defense figured out here. We got to oh, yeah. this. We got and you know we've been saying all year the defense is looking better and it definitely looked better than it did last year. Even to some extent, I felt like our defense looked better than it did whenever 
I was, you know, working with Katrina. Uh, mm-hmm. We were never known for our defense. We were just, we were just scoreboard. So we wasn't really that worried about it, you know. But yeah, um, but a lot of times those are some of our best seasons with high, high-powered offense. The defense did enough though to win, you know. Mm-hmm. They, you know, not giving up forty-five or whatever. You know, maybe like twenty. You know, like they were scoring. You know, oh yeah, twenties and stuff and thirties sometimes, but we'd outscore them. And our defense is uh, a little bit safer defense, is what mm-hmm. I would call it. Played more of a safe game, so you would see more picks. And things like that, you would see uh, they, it was, they would lengthen the game by uh, basically, I guess, I hate this terminology, but bending uh, without breaking. Uh, so they would let you get some yardage to keep the clock running and keep it and keep it going down, but at the same time trying to keep you out of the end zone. So that was one of the big uh, – that was one of the big strategies. So, you know, it was, it was very strategic the way it happened, but at the same time, I never thought it was our best defense or anything. Well, too, it it, it, it sucked to not have Dre Greenlaw starting the linebacker out there. You know, mm-hmm. still, I mean, I'm sure we still would have gave up the same amount of points, but he is definitely probably one of the best playmakers on the defense. He would have been nice to have. Oh, yeah. When you lose the green wall, uh, green wall, that, that's a big problem because he he is such a big playmaker. He's able to sniff out the ball, and, and you know, like we talked about at the beginning of the season, you know, he he controls that defense, you know, and he he puts them in uh, different places and where they need to be, and um, he's like the heartbeat of the defense. So. Whenever he's not out there, you don't really have you don't really have you don't have that uh, you don't have that leader that's out there. So that's that's tough. Yeah, and Buffer Pool's going to get really good, you know. But he's a true freshman; he's not a senior leader like Greenlaw. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he'll he'll get there, but right now, I mean, and Buffer Pool's pretty much a four-year starter. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit too aggressive right now too, uh, because. You know, he's a young guy, and he's trying to make it happen. He probably understands and feels like he knows he has to be aggressive and get his nose in there if he's going to if he's gonna make tackles. And, and, and look, the problem with that is he overplays a lot hmm. of the uh, of the plays by being very super aggressive. And oh, sure. that just comes with time. You know, it just comes with time and, and uh, the game slowing down, being the SEC, getting stronger and faster and just – becoming a better player and that that's going to improve but yeah he, he does he does um play a little bit more aggressive than he needs to sometimes to try to make up for some of his deficits oh yeah absolutely he'll get better though oh yeah i, I like that pool i think he's gonna wind up being one of our uh one of our better uh defensive players we ever had in mm-hmm. our so that's a big statement but oh yeah I, I just, something about him. Oh yeah, he's, I, I like that he's been a. Even though he lives in Texas, he's been a Hog fan since he was a little kid. So he's playing in his dream school, you know. I mean, goodness, he had ten tackles the other day. So I mean, he's living his dream. You know, it's just gonna just gonna get better. I mean, Greenlaw was the same way. He got thrown in his freshman year, mm-hmm. and look what happened. You know, progressed every year. Uh, 
But Buffett Cole's a playmaker, too. You know, he's that forced fumble, uh, block kick. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, they'll get better for him. That is a nice freshman guy that, you know, has been a lot of playing time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it, it's hard to tell you something right here. I'm just looking at our, uh, just looking at the overview of, uh, our statistics, the quick, quick view of the statistics. And, uh, it's showing that the John Harris, uh, leading in, uh, total tackles. And, uh, uh so there he is, four tackles. So think about that. Ninety-three tackles. No, 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 no. For the game. Oh, for not the game. Sorry, not for the season. For the game. So, to me, I was just like, "Wow!" I, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah, he's had games where he's had a good bit. You know. Oh yeah. But Absolutely. But that just goes to show you, like how poorly the defense was playing. Oh, absolutely. You know, in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just look, that's your, that's your, that's your leading tackler. Right now. It's like, and that's, you know, it's like, come on, man. So, <laughs> anyway, you know, and, you know, you got, you know, Buffalo did good, though. He, he, uh, he had a good game, but he could have done, he could have done a little bit better. Should have put a little bit more out there, I think. Than what he did, but you know what you gonna do? Oh yeah, we had three sacks. Could have used some more, but uh, Wise yeah. had one. He's been he's had six sacks on the year. Ramsey had one. Mm-hmm. And then a game and Gittry split one. So. Mhm, mhm. And then you had you know Buffalo with the third quarter, and he had the the most. Uh, most tackles in that quarter, and he he's only got five tackles in that quarter. It's like, you know, that that you should be, you know, I don't know. We we should just we should be able to do better than that. You know, that should. I'd like to see that improve for middle linebackers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not uh, it's not it's not what you're hoping for. And then having safety thrown in there, it's not what you're hoping for. Really not. So. I guess we should move forward to LSU. I guess we've talked about um, all of this, huh? Or do you oh, have yeah. more to oh, no, talk I'm, about special teams? Or? I mean, I'm that the 55-yard field goal by Linford was awesome. He's, he's keep only missed in the last whatever game been a 60-yarder. And, I mean, he's seen him hit that 55 with some extra length. I think he could have hit a 60. So, I see why they did it. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. no, I'm done with the game. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to wash my hands of it. I <laughs> move on to LSU. Uh, maybe I can after a couple of weeks finally move on from it. Well, absolutely. I think we can do that. So when we go in uh, and we take a look here at uh, my bookie, so we're going to look and see what we got. We got uh, the Tigers coming in at a 16.5 favorite. So they're, they're expected to get uh, 16.5. Points more than University of Arkansas. At uh, you know they got them picked, of course, uh, and basically um, their breakdown. They have a little thing there about 
why Arkansas could possibly uh, win the game, and it basically, it basically just says they're back in the corner, and you know, and that's the only reason, which is horrible. Yeah, you know what I mean. You never oh, yeah. want to see that as like you know, you know, they don't have very many games left, and they don't have anything to lose, and all that. It's like that is not nowhere to go, nowhere to go but up. That's not good to be that far down. Uh, Can't get any worse. Uh, they got to lose. So remember, if you're betting this weekend, betting on the game, go ahead and uh, use my bookie. Go to mybookie.com. Enter the promo code Hog Call. You can uh, enter that in, H-O-G-C-O-T-A-L-L, and uh, you're going to uh, get whatever you put in matched up to $1,000. So if you put in 50 bucks, they're going to give you 50 bucks while you're playing. It's free money. So go ahead, use hog call, do some betting, and make yourself some money. Yeah, also on my bookie, they kind of got uh, the Razorbacks to 4-0 against the spread in their last four games following a straight-up loss. So... Mm-hmm. Man, after a loss, we play better than I guess at least Vegas thinks, you know. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, well, right. we'll find out. Oh, so, all right, so here's the deal, and I think this is important to talk about. It's LSU, it's a battle for the boot. Um, I can tell you from experience that this is a huge game for the uh, players at the University of Arkansas, or at least it was while I was there. Um, it's, it's a rivalry game. Uh, a lot of people say it's a generic rivalry uh, that uh, it's not uh, it's not a, a, you know your traditional rivalry, but we've been playing LSU for a very long time. Even back when we were in Southwest Conference, we played LSU. I would say it's more of a traditional rivalry that people really understand and, and believe it is. Um, just like. You know, Ole Miss has kind of always been a little bit of a traditional rivalry for us. Um, and um, the other the other team that's, that uh, is Texas, of course. And uh, those are the three, you know, our three rivalry games. And so I don't think it's as generic as made up as people um, believe. I think it's just because it's not an in-state opponent that you get a mm-hmm. lot of that. And I think right. until – until we play in state opponent, we're never going to be considered. We're never going to considered to have a robbery. And, uh, and unless, go ahead. No, I was like, unless you played somebody a hundred years, you know, or something like Ohio State, Michigan, or one of those. It's been more rivalries are in state, and uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely more. I mean, we've played uh, sixty times against you know LSU over the years. I mean, that's that's quite a bit, especially for only been in the conference the last you know. Uh, you know, 26 or whatever. So uh, exactly. that's quite a bit. And uh, it's a lot more of a rivalry than Missouri. And especially mm-hmm. a lot of games that we've had are, have been meaningful. We're in the same division uh, mm-hmm. that's meaningful for SEC West Crown. Absolutely. And the other thing is, you know, I hear a lot of people these days say, well, we should play um, A&M and that should be our rivalry game. We should focus on them. And the problem with the A&M rivalry is, but we just always went in there and demolished a and for years and years and years. It was, just, mm-hmm. it was just the team that you went and beat. So mm-hmm. that's not really a rivalry when you're, you know, just beat the other team all the time. You no, know? I mean, A&M was good once every such and such years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
had a good season and they might, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like how Arkansas and Texas was competing for the SWC crown. You know, mm-hmm. most every year was somebody every once in a while, one of those teams. Yep. And then a, lot of, a lot of people will say, well, you know, Texas don't consider you guys a rivalry. LSU don't consider them a, a rivalry. Ole Miss don't consider uh, you guys a rivalry. But, I mean, I'm going to tell you what, you know, when you go down to Death Valley, the fans show up. And they, they don't show up because we're a team that doesn't mean anything to them, you know? Um, there's a lot of pageantry, a lot of back and forth between the fans. Um, there's a lot of, you know, they're, they're, they're smoking a lot of pigs and eating a lot of pork on those days, and we're throwing corn dogs out there. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that you call them very rivalry-like. Uh, we have the golden boot. Um, you know, when we played Texas, I would say, Texas was a big rivalry to us, and then other people said, well, Texas didn't feel like you, you guys were a rivalry um, to them or whatever. But I think we were more of a rivalry to Texas because they didn't play as many teams that were as good as them. I mean, it was like Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Texas. Those are your major teams in, in that Southwest Conference. And I think that, you know, they saw us more as a competitive team that was coming in. Probably more like, you know, LSU and Alabama thought this year, you know, where they felt like it was a really competitive game. But I, I'm going to say that there's not an LSU fan out there that's going, hey, I don't care who win this, this Arkansas game. So. Oh, absolutely. And the thing with Texas, they're just a bunch of pompous jackasses. So they're like that to everybody, you know, like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, we're better than you, blah, 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 and everything. So they're going to be no matter what. I'm sure they say the same thing to a and you know, or any other Texas school, that there's so many. Of course, they wanted to go outside the state and beat somebody else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially in other sports, too. If we're, you know, in basketball, you don't think they they wanted to consider, you know, them and us to rivalry, even though we kicked their ass more than, you know, mm-hmm. they did us. So, but I think that I'm I'm definitely, I definitely always look forward to this Arkansas LSU matchup. Yeah, me too. And I believe that it's a true rivalry. I, I know, uh, you know, I don't care what you guys say out there if you don't think it's a true rivalry. I just think you're wrong. I think that, you, you know, here's the thing. You know those schools that aren't a real rivalry, right? Those are the games that are played and I forget to grab the trophy at the end of it, head on over to Justin the bus. Mm-hmm. That never happened. You know, LSU never forgot to come over to the sideline and grab that trophy. When they won, we never forgot to go over there and we won. I mean, it is a rivalry game. Everybody wants that golden boot. That golden boot means something. It's the biggest, largest trophy in uh, college football. It's the heaviest trophy made out of uh, 14-karat gold, the entire trophy. And it is a monster. Let me tell you that. I've had to move it a few times. That thing is a monster. It, it is awesome. And that's that's something that you want in your locker room. When you get that and put it in your locker room, it reminds you of the possibilities. Because when you can beat LSU, you can beat anybody, period. Oh, yeah. And the serious history, I mean, the only reason they're up by by about 10 games or so is because they won 10 straight in the 1930s and early Mm -hmm. 50s before we got good. So it was like, all right, you know, whatever. 30s kind of (laughs) racking, making their series record versus it's looking better. Ever since then, it's been it's been neck and neck, and usually one team, especially during that season, had one more than a couple 
couple in a row, you know, and we've lost two twice, so it is, I mean. Yeah. I'll win this year. We're going to have to go to Baton Rouge next year to win, so Morris might as well. They might as well get that win this year. You know, anytime anytime you got a rivalry game like this, anytime there's a lot to play for, it's easy for the players to get fired up. Anything can happen. You know, you've had two Miracle on Markham that were amazing. Um, you've you've seen all sorts of different, you know, comeback wins. Uh, you've seen wins in Baton Rouge um, where we've just stomped them. Um, and it's always – and I'm talking about years when we wasn't supposed to. You know, years when we were not supposed to win, we went down there and just, just whipped them out there at Death Valley. So – Anything is possible. It's definitely an opportunity for us to win this game. Being a night game, Fayetteville, everybody's excited, had a couple of drinks, the magic's in the air, you know. Yeah, it's going to be in the in the 30s at, at game time. So it's going to be a nice, chilly uh, atmosphere. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I, I think we've got definitely uh, – I think our, our LSU's offense is maybe just – Maybe it's going to be what the doctor ordered it for our defense. You know, it's, they're not oh, yeah. as bad as Tulsa, but they're definitely not. They're not as good as Ole Miss, or obviously not Alabama. So might might just be what the maybe defense needs is <laughs> them to come in and maybe we can shut them down. No, and I I think that uh, I think you're right there um, with it. I think that uh, well, it's definitely going to be a uh, Possibility for us to just win this game and, and do something special. And, you know, I think you saw the Alabama game. We definitely scored more points on Alabama than they did. And, <laughs> um, you know, that that means we can move the ball, we can score. You know, mm-hmm. the question is, is our defense going to be able to stop? You know, um, but again, you know, um, they did not look. They didn't. They definitely didn't look hot in the Alabama game as far as like their offense. But I, I remember early in the game, I think it was I texted you and I said that they're they're not going to. I don't know if they're going to score in this game. Is what I said in the first quarter, and they didn't. And it, they just looked so bad. They had so many opportunities because Alabama didn't start off great. You know, like that's how you want Alabama to start off if you're playing Alabama. That's how you want the game to start off, and they could not. Capitalize on anything, not one time. Oh so no! I guess, I guess I'm just saying that in hopes of that they got, you know, that they got a uh, offense that's not as good as we thought they were, and we're able to go in there and score more than they are, and our defense is able to, you know, stop them. Yeah, I mean, their longest drive they had a drive of 40 that resulted in a punt, and a drive of 60 that ended up. You know, ended up in an interception at the end of the game. But besides that, I mean, their drives were three yards long, four yards long, you know, five yards long, 18 yards, mm-hmm. three yards, 10 yards, just couldn't move it. I mean, we we made Alabama's defense look like, you know, something that could be moved on. A lot of teams have, you know, put some points up on Alabama, but they couldn't even point get a field goal. No, no. You know? So, I mean, that's kind of encouraging that maybe, uh, I don't know, we can slow them down. Absolutely. So anything's possible, folks. So I guess we can run through this roster real quick and then uh, give our predictions and, and, and go oh, from there. And, and you just go ahead and just 
stop me whenever you have somebody you want to you want to talk about. Uh, you know, I don't uh, I don't know that much about uh, LSU this year. The the big game I watched was of course the LSU and Alabama game. I mean, I know they got a good team. I know they're ranked high and all that. But sometimes for me, that I feel like LSU is ranked high because they're LSU. You know, they're, they're going to be ranked high no matter what. And even when they're horrible, I feel like they get ranked oh, high. Oh yeah. So. I mean, they've got they've got talented players, but they're just underachieving again. Mm-hmm. So it's not really anything. I mean, I mean, they're not if they're not good enough to challenge Alabama. They even put I mean, twenty nine nothing. I mean, that's that's awful. I mean, they had a big win against Georgia at home mm-hmm. uh, in Death Valley, and then you know, one point win at Auburn. Miami's mm-hmm. not very good this year. It'll be a big game, beat them, but then lost to the Swamp. So that's kind of, you know, they've been all right. Either, they, either that Auburn game, we played Auburn, you know, we had opportunity there. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so uh, left tackle, they got uh, Quash Charles. He's 6'5", 305-pound senior. At left guard, they got uh, Garrett Bunfield, 6'4", 303-pound um, senior at center, they got uh, Lloyd Crushenberry. He's six four, three hundred nine pound sophomore. Uh, right guard, they got Damian Lewis, six three, three hundred twenty two pound junior. I know I've heard uh, quite a bit about him. I know they're talking about him, uh, talking about how, how great of a, you know, how great of a uh, guard he was, so on and so forth uh, during the Alabama game. And uh, so he's somebody to keep an eye on for sure. And then you got the uh, right tackle. You got the uh, Austin Douglas, six uh, seven, three hundred twenty one pounds. So you know they got a they got a good ton on the line there. Oh yeah, as always they got they always got some big old boys, but uh, mm-hmm. and always talented running backs too. But and then they're uh, tied in to uh, Foster Moray. He's uh, 6'6", 256-pound senior. And they got uh, Racy McCaff at 6'3", 222-pound uh, sophomore. Yeah, and I will say for the tight ends, you know, uh, Vanderbilt's Pinkney killed us. Uh, Alabama Smith killed us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know in some earlier games, uh, the Sternberger for A&M killed us. And this guy, I mean, if he, if Morno, the, the tight ends, if they hurt us, Mm-hmm. Even, they haven't even caught a touchdown. They've had about 13 catches between them, 100-something yards. So if we allow the tight ends to beat us this time, they're mm-hmm. big targets, 6'6", six, six, big old boy. I mean, that's what's kind of giving us trouble. So. Oh, yeah, 6'6", six, six is huge. You know Hopefully they, they haven't saved their best game for <laughs> for us. Even their third string is 6'5", 245 pounds. Uh, Senior, Yeah, they got a four-string tight end. David Doerr, 6'1", 242 pounds. So, you know, I mean, I don't like and, the and they're all seniors except for the one sophomore, McMath. They sound so. like some, a couple of them sound like some local guys, Moreau and then Ducre. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Ducre's yeah. probably living his dream from playing uh, being from around there. Absolutely, I bet you. Uh, so then the wide receiver, you got uh, Derek Dillon, uh, 5'11", 184-pound junior. Um, you got uh, Jonathan Gills, six one, 186-pound junior. Uh, you got Jamar Chase, six one, 205-pound freshman. Uh, Terrace Marshall, junior, six four, 209-pound freshman. 
Uh, you got uh, Justin Jefferson, 6'2", 185-pound sophomore. And then Steven Sullivan, 6'7", 132-pound junior. So that's, that's your that's your wide receiving crew. And they they got plenty. I mean, they can uh, rotate the wide receivers in and out, you know, make a lot happen there. Then we got uh, quarterback uh, oh, Joe sorry, Burrow, six four, two hundred sixteen. Oh, I was I'm sorry, I was just no, I was wide receivers. Do you have anything to say on them? Yeah, sorry, I, I don't know why the sound was down. Oh yeah, Justin Jefferson probably the main target. Thirty six catches, five hundred fifty two yards, a couple touchdowns. He's definitely one of their LSU always has an NFL guy in their receiving core, so he's uh, probably the one to definitely keep, keep an eye on. Keep an eye on Jefferson. Yep. All right. And then at QB, they got uh, Joe Barrow, 6'4", 216-pound junior. Out there throwing the ball around a little bit. Uh, here's the thing at running back. They are loaded. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. All right. Hold, your, hold on to your horses. It's going to take a minute. They got Nick Morissette, 6'2", 221-pound senior. They got uh, Clyde Edwards. Five nine, two hundred twelve pound sophomore. Uh, they got uh, Chris Curry, uh, six foot, two hundred nineteen pound freshman, and then they got Tay Proven, six two, hundred ninety eight pound freshman. Yeah, did you? Uh, I also got Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette's little brother. I didn't even know he was on the team. Right? Oh hell. Okay, yeah, I thought that was a misprint here. He's only had three, You're right. three You're rushes right. on the year, but I was like, that seems I was like, wait a minute. Are we looking five, at the wrong? 5'11", <laughs> 206-pound junior. I thought it was a misprint. I thought that, <laughs> honestly, had a misprint on their, uh, on their guide here. I, I didn't even know. That. He's only got three else. carries. He's only got three carries on the on the team. So, no, I was about to say, I was like, I, I've watched at least some of the LSU games. Like, I haven't seen them. I only had three carries. Oh, uh, here's kind of looking them up real quick. It's a report LSU running back Leonard Fournette arrested for using fake ID. Oh, wow. I don't know. I was just kind of funny. And here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, no, and here's the thing about this. Is this uh, why would you name your children Leonard Lanner? Lanner, right? yeah. <laughs> that's too close together. Uh, I mean, especially that's, that's. How about Leonard and Billy or something? Well, especially that, you like, you get one letter less. You're not as good as. You know, Leonard Fournette was like the number one running back and the top player coming out of high school from anywhere in the country. And your little brother, not only not only do you have one less letter to your name, you're Leonard instead of Leonard, then you're you're not as good as a football player. You know, probably an inch or two shorter than him. Uh, All right, sorry guys, I just I, I honestly thought there was a misprint on him. Okay, all right, so then we got uh, fullback uh, Troy Carter, six two, two hundred fifty nine pounds. Sophomore and Trey Gallum, uh, 6'3", 246-pound senior. And uh, Gallum's an early. He can pound it. I've seen him pound it a few times uh, this year. You know, he's somebody to keep an eye on. Oh, yeah. They'll uh, punch one with him. Because Brissett's definitely on the, the running back. He's senior, set behind Fournette, set behind mm-hmm. Darius Guys. He finally had his chance. And, uh, you know, he scored 10 touchdowns. I mean, we don't have a running back four over two this year, so that shows you how much they give it to him, uh, mm-hmm. you know, down at the goal line, inside the red zone when they really need it for already double-digit touchdowns, 700 yards. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. They I mean, always. Got, I mean, they always got a good running back. So you know, that's always. I mean. I mean, they got enough guys. They can turn them in. You know, I mean, they should never be huffing and puffing on the side. It's it's amazing how how their offenses, even even less miles the last couple of years, or you know, some years of offenses just not moving the ball. I mean, how do you do that? And every time you're like, they got NFL receivers, always NFL running backs, the offensive <laughs> line are huge and talented. Like, how do they? I mean, even against Alabama, how do they not get some points for that? I mean, yeah, you know, it makes you wonder like, how good are they really? You know, yeah, at least it does me. So when we look at the defense, uh, we go to uh, outside linebacker. You got uh, Michael DaVinci Jr. or Ray Thornton. They rotate them in. Michael DaVinci is uh, 6'2", 238 pounds junior, and Ray Thornton is a 6'4", 226 pounds sophomore. Yeah, uh, DaVinci. Well, he's got he's got eight tackles for loss, and four sacks, mm-hmm. and five quarterback carries. So. No, okay. And then the defensive ends are loaded on, too. I don't even know why you need this many defensive ends, but they got uh, Fierco, 6'4", 298-pound junior. Uh, Glenn Logan, 6'4", 297-pound sophomore. Uh, Justin Thomas, 6'8", 268-pound sophomore. Uh, Davin Cotton, 6'4", 179-pound freshman, and uh, Nelson Jenkins, the third 6'4", 305-pound freshman. So I would imagine until he gets a little weight off, he ain't going to be seeing much of old Jenkins. Oh, no. That's a van, too, 305. Good. <laughs> he's a nose tackle spot, but they got even bigger guys. You'll get to that in a second. I see why he's doing <laughs> Oh, yeah. They got Dominic Livingston that six. 350 pounds at nose tackle. He's the, a uh, freshman, so you're not going to see him either. He needs to get a little weight off. No, and that, and that Shelvin guy, sorry. <laughs> I just saw that big 362 pounds. He's another freshman. Good Lord. <laughs> 362-pound. They get them big and then trim them up. That's how they do it. Now, all right, so who you're going to see is Ed Alexander, 6'3", 331-pound junior, and uh, – Possibly this uh, Bernard uh, Benico. I can't even say that. Six four, <laughs> hundred ninety-one pound junior. If you can say it, Tim, more than welcome. I don't know. I think you did a. I think you did a great job. Benico. Or... All right, that sounds pretty good. I don't care. Uh, no. Then you. <laughs> when you see the the funky name with an F, you'll know who it is. Lining up in the middle of the line. <laughs> All right, so then the defensive end, Rashard Lewis, 6'3", uh, 317 pounds. This guy you hear a lot about, uh, good player. Uh, he's a junior. Um, outside linebacker, um, Andre Anthony, 6'4", 238-pound sophomore. Uh, Travaz Moore, 6'4", 253-pound junior. Uh, the Mike back middle linebacker, Jacob Phillips, 6'4", 229-pound sophomore. Um, Makai Burksville, 6'2", 233-pound freshman. So they don't have a lot of depth there at middle linebackers. So. No, they're really young. Mm-hmm. Uh, inside linebackers, Devin White, 6'1", 240-pound. So when I see this lineup, it's... 
sounds almost like they're running a four four. So yep. I would look for four um down linemen and four um linebackers. They could also run probably a three four out of that same set. So I would I, that's what I would be looking for. Uh, from their defense. Did, what, what have you seen this year, Tim? I know you Yeah, that's what there. I'm thinking, um, especially how they're uh, kind of 3-4, maybe with that, definitely uses four linebackers. Maybe they drop mm-hmm. them down kind of a stand-up end. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're linebackers. They they like that. They're pretty talented there. Uh, Devin White and Jacob Phillips, they're two uh, leading um Tackle Devin White, who everybody talks about, he was suspended the first half of the for that uh, targeting hit against the mm-hmm. game before LSU or Alabama. Didn't make no damn difference, but yeah, he is good. Eighty-four tackles, seven for loss, six quarterback hurries, two fumble recoveries. Mm-hmm. So he's really one that be in the NFL. He's a junior. He'll be in the NFL next year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so then you got the, the cornerbacks are Kirsten Boltron. Six foot, hundred ninety-two pounds, junior. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, six one, hundred ninety-five pound, freshman. And then you got Greedy Williams, six three, hundred eighty-four pound, uh, sophomore. Carrie Vincent, uh, five ten, hundred eighty-one pound, sophomore. Uh, Terrence Alexander, six foot, hundred eighty-two pound, sophomore, and uh, Maine Netherly. Six three hundred ninety nine pounds sophomore. That's your cornerback. Yeah, and the uh, oh, oh, the corner. Sorry, I was, no, I was on the safeties already. I, I forgot. No, I was about the Grant Delpit. That I know they like to uh, have him drop down a lot too. He's, mm-hmm. he's got. I mean, he he's tied for the lead in sacks for four for a safety. Yeah, and uh, he's a, eight he's, and a half. He's a strong safety, so yeah, you'll see them bump him out and bring him down a lot. And mm-hmm. he's six three two hundred three pounds, so why wouldn't you bump him down and bring him down? Oh, he falls yeah. a receiver, you know. So I like yeah. That. yeah, and then you got Jacoby Stevens, who's six two two hundred twenty five pounds, uh, sophomore. He's also a strong safety, and uh, I guess Ed Paris uh, is your third stringer, six foot two hundred eight pound senior. So. And that, uh, sorry, uh, the John Battle, the, the free safety, he's got three interceptions on the year. Oh. And then, uh, back, sorry, back to the cornerbacks. Grady Williams has two with five pass breakups, and that Christian mm-hmm. Fulton has one. He's got eight breakups. So they're, uh, they're aggressive. They get a lot of, uh, more so than us. I think that's 15 interceptions <clears throat> on the year. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you know, the John Battle, he's six two, two hundred six pound senior. Um, and you got uh, Todd Harris who backs him up. He's a five eleven, hundred eighty six pound uh, sophomore. And then you got Eric Monroe, Cameron Lewis backing them up. You know, you don't see them. But the thing is, is that listen to the numbers that we called out. They're all six two, hundred ninety, two hundred something pounds. These are your quarterbacks and your free safeties. I mean, we're talking monsters. We're talking mm-hmm. receivers that are out there lined up on the defensive side of the ball. And we had trouble with the midgets from Ole Miss. So, you know. Yeah, these guys, our, our, receivers, our receivers haven't got any better throughout the year. That's a, one of our weak spots, especially on offense. 
I mean, and they're, this could be tough for them. To, it's going to be O'Grady working against them. These guys are, uh, I mean, there's uh, not going to be any high throwing the ball. Kind of like a, yeah. There's not going to be any throwing the ball out in front of the receivers and letting them reach out with their long arms and grab it. None of that because mm-hmm. the defenders are going to be able to swap balls down. They're going to be right there. Lord forbid intercepted, you know. Um, oh, yeah. They're going to be – they're so tall and so long that they're going to be in play for the ball every single time just like the wide receiver is. So that you got to think, okay, so can our wide receivers burn them? Do they got the speed to just blaze them and burn them? And no, they don't. They don't have the speed to do that. The really – the way we're going to have to win this game is to pound the ball on the ground. Um, I think, you know, they they got a monster line, and the problem with that is that means, I mean, you know, it's SEC, so you say this, you know, and it's a line that heavy and big, they're probably a slower line. Mm-hmm. They'll probably get to the edge and get to the outside and run the ball a bit more against a line like that. But then, again, you're in the SEC and you say that, and it turns out that, no, they're not. Well, they're just as fast as everybody else. They're just freaks of nature, you know. So, especially it seems like in uh, luckily in Arkansas division, you know, Alabama, LSU, and Auburn always has always has monsters that you're like, man, these guys are huge, but then they're <laughs> quick, you know. But I, I have to agree with you. I think uh, I think I think Boyd and hopefully Hayden, that little faster back, can uh, mm-hmm. kind of take advantage. You know, I think it'll if they have good days, we'll definitely have a chance to win, but. And boy, it hasn't really been shut down, especially in a while. So, absolutely, I know everybody's a full game. Yeah, I agree. I know everybody's hoping for a you know beautiful day and nice tailgating and all this, but I'm hoping for a downpour mm-hmm. uh, during the game. I hope it rains hard. I hope it rains so hard you can't see to throw the ball. I hope it turns into a ground game, or it's whoever can pound it better wins the game. And I feel like in that instance that we're going to have more big explosive plays on the ground than LSU is going to have on the ground. I think LSU is going to have more plays through the air um, than we are. So I think that's where, you know, that's where you're going to see our matchups kind of, uh, kind of, kind of go. But of course, you know, we've done all right through the air. Um, we've been throwing the ball around, especially if Story stays, stays healthy and can stay in the game. He, he can move. You know, he can move the ball around. I'm just worried that the, the routes are going to have to be sharp and crisp or we're going to have to do some, some different stuff to get those defenders on their toes um, so we can spread the ball around a little bit with the passing game. But I really feel like if we can just stick to the run game, we have more opportunity. Oh, yeah, definitely. If someone's yeah, hopefully O'Grady has been on a tear lately. He, he has mm. nice plays and then like Michael Petway has bigger receiver, maybe he can match up, you know, a little better. It won't be, mm-hmm. just, you know, he's about 6'4", a uh, little thicker guy. Maybe he'll be able to uh, continue maybe. leading the team and have a good game. I mean, maybe Woods can, you know, have a really mm-hmm. good game, oh, too, yeah, and sure. then that good secondary outlet to get to. Yeah. And uh, if you got sort of those three guys, um, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about – like big plays or anything like that. I'm talking about like comeback routes, bend mm-hmm. routes, and, and jig routes, and uh, hooks and curls, short um, routes 
where you can get the ball, get it to them quickly. Maybe they can get a couple of yards with their feet. Yeah, their their defenses, their secondary talented. If if you like, especially kind of miscommunicate or or just one of those like we've had plenty of times on some long long routes, you know, deep mm-hmm. yardage. Their athletes in the secondary can go go up and get that ball. They'll be aggressive and go get the ball, you know. Yeah, and we and make we a play on nice, it or turn it. And we got some nice tight end screens that we've been running. That's been one of our bread and butters um, here lately. Uh, getting tied in out and screening with them. So, you know, there's definitely some things we can do. But I'd like to see some misdirection off, like a tight end screen, but where we, you know run the uh, running back the other way, just kind of turn around and toss it over there and let, let them get some, mm-hmm. you know, yards with some more misdirection plays off some things we've been running over and over again that obviously LSU is going to be looking for now at the time that we go ahead and try to use uh, what we can to get some uh, to get some plays from those from those Things that we showed, like the, oh, like yeah. the plays sure. we showed against Alabama and so on and so forth. Now we can show those same plays, maybe run them a couple times, and then run a mixed direction off of them and get big yards. So, oh yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, I heard that uh, Morris is only using about twenty percent of his playbook, um, and you know if that's true, that means there's an opportunity for him to you know open it up a little bit and get a little bit get some plays out we haven't seen yet. Uh, some stuff maybe they've been working on all year long that we just haven't had opportunity to see yet because he hasn't shown it. And uh, going into a big rivalry game, trying to bring the boot home, maybe we'll see some of those. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, it's only about 20% is what they've said, you know. And, but you've been able to tell the last, you know, especially the last couple games that he's, that you've seen a little different uh, things from special stories uh been in the ball game, and so we've had a bye week. Maybe just work on some different things. Um, Morrison needs. To, I mean, his first year, but like, you, like we went over earlier, I mean, he needs to. We need to show that we're heading in the right direction. So let's pull out, pull out all the stops right now, and act like these three games are four. You know, act like you really want to go three and zero in these games. Finish the season strong. Absolutely. So, what's your? Uh, oh, well, do you have anything else you want to talk about with LSU before we? Or move forward. Anything else that we missed? Or no, I'm 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 looking for hopefully hopefully a good crowd shows up. I want a uh, cold night. Keith, it's not that cold. Um, done no rain chances right now, but it is going to be in the 30s. And mm-hmm. goodness, I, I say this every time. I was like, I was I would love for some ice, you know, some sleet. Oh, just that'd some be ma- nice. just some nasty weather. Nasty um, weather. Maybe some old the temperature will stay stay in the 30 range at night. You know, the sun's going down earlier. Um, but mm-hmm. I'd like to some maybe. Some rain from somewhere. Uh, and LSU comes pull up on Gulf Saturday night. Coast in a cold, nasty, mm. frozen, slushy type rain. They're not going to be ready for that. No, yeah. and I and I think back to I mean it was a few years back, but Bealum was first SEC win of not very many. But we mm-hmm. beat LSU seventeen nothing. They had four net. They were only had one loss at the time coming off Alabama loss. We shut him out seventeen nothing for his first SEC win. That was in dealing with second year, so it'd be it'd be a, a, a step up to have it in his first year from Morrison. Uh, but it was an ugly night. I mean, uh, you know, people bundled up. You know, you can see your uh, press coming out. That's that's what we want is not game. So I, I think I know that'll help. If Morris can, 
win this game. I'll give him some credit for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I'll expect at least one more win at the end of the year, I think. If he can win this one and one more, that would be really nice. But if he can if he can come out and win this game, you know, I'll give him some credit. I'll, I'll say that, you know, that uh, we may be headed in, in, the, in the right direction if we get an SEC win. But we got to get an SEC win for me to feel like we're headed in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Losing the next Losing the next three opportunities ain't going to feel good, but showing, hey, we can play with these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, like we do, we do belong. You know, it's a big, it would be a big step forward. Uh, even getting one would be, would be nice how bad we've been. Uh, and maybe a win against LSU would propel us to at least get one more or two against the state and Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm, I think everybody needs to go to the game that can go to the game. Can't go to the game, watch the game, root for the Hogs, you know. Uh, be there with them. Even if we're down by 50 at halftime, 50 to zero at halftime, be there with the Hogs all the way through the game. You know, support your team. There's only, be a fan. There's only three games left. I mean, this is, uh, this is it. We ain't got a no ball game, so we got to enjoy it. Enjoy it while we can. It's easy to complain and, 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 and gripe about them. Watch half a game, catch the second half, or watch first half and then bounce out. It's easy to do that stuff. Or are you really a fan, you know, if you're doing those things? Mm-hmm. Watch the game, support the team, be there through thick and thin, and then when we win a national championship, it's going to mean that much more to you because you was there through all the tough times. Oh, yeah. To know how far, how far you know, you, you'd come from that moment would be make it make mm-hmm. it even sweeter. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't. I haven't been alive for a football national championship but no, no one, especially this this seven year run, and if we got one, especially you know in the next you know five years or so, uh, I mean, how just what a turnaround! How big would that be? And just think about it. Think Pete Morris turns out to be the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And you think, well, I mean, four years from now, he's got all these players in, everything's running exactly the way he wants. He has these top, top, top tier recruiting classes mm-hmm. that he's had this year for the next few years. We're looking at a depth chart like an LSU and Alabama has uh, at the University of Arkansas, and we're knocking on the door of the national championship. We're in the playoffs, and we get to look back at this year. We get to look back at, at these podcasts, even even things I said, and say, you know, I wasn't sure about this guy at first, but now, you know, now I got to say that, that he he's the guy. He did it, you know. You know, it's like all that doubt gets erased. And it's real easy to it's real easy to turn it around and just win some games. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. Right now I'm getting fired up even talking about the We still got opportunity this year. We still got opportunity with this game right now, L S U to come out here and show we're supposed to be in the SEC. Show that we're not the worst team in the SEC, that we we've had a, a bad year and that we've you know, figured it out, and we're going to turn it around and just let's just whip LSU real good, you know, and then roll on in to uh, uh, Starkville, Mississippi State, and just whip Star- Mississippi State, mm-hmm. and then think about how uh, Missouri would be shaking in their boots then. Oh, yeah. They're the Arkansas, if, huh? If, if we can win this game, now we can talk about maybe we can win Mississippi State. Maybe we can win the Missouri game. Now we can have that conversation if we win this game. Oh, that'll be nice. I mean, that'll be sweet. But if we lose them. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. If 
Quillen? No, I was going to say, Quillen is another one, especially uh, pitiful defensive fashion or something like that, where it's just bad from the get-go. It won't feel so good to keep trying to, you know, hope for a win against uh, two more SEC teams, you know, but winning this game mm-hmm. would, be, would be huge. And I was there, but I mean, it would be, I mean, it would be a big difference in how the rest of the season will go. Oh, I agree. I'm getting fired up. I'm getting fired up I'm here thinking about it. I'm getting fired <laughs> up thinking, oh, what if we, what if we can do this? What if we can win this? And then you start thinking back on the other LSU games and say, wow, we've, we've won games where we were in worse situations than this, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I think it was, what was it? Even Houston Nuts first year, I think. Well, did he beat LSU his first year too? Why yeah, he, he, his first year '98. I think we beat them like it was like 45 to 14 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say uh, Petrino's first year. You know, see, we were five and five and seven, didn't go to bowl, but we still went down. It was down in Little Rock. Mm-hmm. You know, won on that last second play, and that mm-hmm. gave momentum for the rest. Of, you know, the next three years because you knew like, okay, this is you know we, we've got it. We see what the, the program's coming. You know, we see mm-hmm. what it's developing into. And I think yeah, that'd be the same way. With yeah, we got five wins Saturday. right here, and it was a mm-hmm. tough year. But you know, we did, we did, we pulled out that win at LSU, and it was one of those. It was like you could see where the program was going to go through mm-hmm. the through the coaches perspective, if that makes sense. So you could see, like, all right, now his play calling is starting to starting to work. Now the players are starting to get a grasp of what mm-hmm. what these why these plays are called, when he calls these plays, how to run these plays, how to run this offense, when to slow it down, when to speed it up. Like they just started to get all those things that you want the team to learn. They all started just to come together at the, during that game. And I think you know, maybe this is one. Maybe this is one we can send the we can send the seniors off with a big win um, and a big home win, and we can just really have a special game. Yeah, and there's you know, like I said, seniors. I mean, it's their last home game. Um, I know there's a couple of Louisiana seniors that haven't had. They've had better seasons than this. Santos and Cornelius are both from Louisiana. Maybe they go out and want to, want to turn, you know, after that five weeks to finish the season strong. And how better than that to, to beat the team, uh, you know, that, that didn't recruit Scott. Yeah, they didn't recruit them, but we did. So show them. They didn't uh, want you, but we did. And now, and I, now look at this. And I know Dejon Harris, Dejon Harris is a junior, but, uh, LSU didn't, didn't recruit him. I think his uh, cousin plays for him. His cousin wanted to play the same place he did, but LSU didn't give him a scholarship. So, uh, so. Harris, you know, he's our leading tackler, so hopefully he has a big game. Mm-hmm. Um, and just it's going to mean a lot. Then the seniors, that way the seniors kind of know, okay, all all this work we did was wasn't for for not, you know. I mean, we see we we see where it's going. We'll we'll be the start of it. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Get the so, boot. You ready for the uh, predictions? Yeah. What you what what are you thinking, Chad? <laughs> all right. So. <laughs> I got myself all fired up now. I know. Yeah. Uh, it like falls out of the sky and lands on my face and starts flopping <laughs> around, and I don't like it. Um, all right. So I think it's going to be a tough fought game. I, I can say 28-31 LSU. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go 26-24 LSU. I hate to say it, 
Saturday morning, I was a little fired. I did have like 28 to 17, but I was getting fired up. But I think they'll kick a bunch. They got a good field goal kicker. I feel like they'll get a bunch, go down there and kick a bunch of field goals. But we just don't have enough. But well, I tell you what, I tell you, here's what we'll do. Uh, we'll, we'll make it fun for everybody. Let's mm-hmm. podcast, right? We'll do our uh, tailgate predictions, which we know are a little bit different that we text mm-hmm. each other before every single game after we've had a few drinks and whatnot, and uh, we'll throw that up on Twitter. How about that? Wait, yeah, great idea. And anybody that wants <laughs> to send us our game day kicks too would be awesome. But oh man, this ain't no 11 a.m. game. You know what I mean? That's oh, okay. yeah, no. you got time, you know. I'm gonna have time to get out the, the good stuff, the hard stuff. Oh uh, yeah, good. Yeah, I'll be nice and lubricated by then for sure. Ah, those predictions are always fun. Always feel better. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll watch the game again between noon and Thursday, so we can give you an actual uh, update on what the game looked like. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch. I'll watch it three times if we win. I'll watch that probably right after. I might watch it once a day. I'll I'll at least I'll watch probably right after the game. Like, whoa, man, did that just happen? I have to make sure, you know. Oh, that would be great. So, I think we should move into basketball. All right. Wow. Look at that. Normally, we'd be done. Now we got another sport that starts tomorrow, starts against Texas. We were just talking about playing LSU in football. Now we got Texas in basketball. So... That's the that's Texas is a team we we in our series we've played them so we beat them 87 times they've beat us 67 so we've played uh, about what 160 times in our history so that's a bunch wow it's gonna be fun yeah that's crazy so uh, I'm looking forward to it uh, we haven't obviously we went over the last podcast you know our last two of them we haven't been able to watch any uh, games exhibition games or very white games. Mm-hmm. And been televised or even on the radio. Um, so it's kind of going to be new. Um, Texas already got one game in, beat Eastern Illinois 71-59. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought on the highlights on that, but I didn't get back to the game, unfortunately. I got it on my, uh, you know, ESPN3 account. I know that I was like, I'm going to watch it, but I wound up watching the highlights instead. But they can knock down the threes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just a crazy, you know, I mean, 12-point win over Eastern Illinois. But uh, they've got they've got a good bit of returning uh, starters. Um, kind of still a young team, but a, a bunch of sophomores. And we're looking at, you know, a sophomore, junior, and a bunch of freshmen pretty much. So they'll have a little bit more experience, but they're definitely beatable. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they, I guess uh, they are uh, – not considered the darlings of their conference or anything for sure. Um, no. I was looking at what their uh, projection is, and they got them projected, you know, just just below uh, Texas Tech there. So yeah, and they're they're you know they're picked about the middle of the pack. Um, Big Twelve's an okay, you know. Kansas is one that the uh, conference about you know fifteen twenty years in a row. Um, it's it's a decent basketball conference. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaka Smart's their coach. I guess I was kind of reading little previews. And I guess he's kind of uh, the patience is wearing out. But he, I mean, he's, this is going to be his fourth year at Texas. He's been to the tournament two or three times. Hadn't won a game there yet. Um, he is a Final Four coach. He went to the Final Four with VCU, so he is a good coach. He's actually got you know, 
I respect them a lot as a coach, so I'd be glad. I don't. I would. I wish they would get rid of them, so they wouldn't have mm-hmm. them. Anymore. I want Texas to be bad. So. Yeah, it really looks like a good matchup on paper when you look mm-hmm. at like our both our standings and where we're at. Um, we're very similar as far as uh, where we're where where we're projected to end the season at at this point. Yeah, both kind of middle of the, the conference. Um, mm-hmm. Could have better. Um, this game is a neutral site game on Fort Bliss Military Base. They've been doing a lot of things with the uh, 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 soldiers over there in uh, El Paso, and they've been pickup games and um, just hanging out with them. Seems just a great thing, kind of a, a concept for the Armed Forces Classic. It's going to be ESPN tomorrow night, Friday. I saw they did a uh, like shooter simulation uh, ordeal. That oh, looked wow. pretty cool. Where they had the, the basketball team was like, you know, going through and like doing some targets and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Some sort of shooter situation. Yeah, it looked really cool, man. Like, they, they put it up on like a, like a big like 3D screen or something. Uh-huh. And they had like the pistols. And I was like, man, that was like a good time. That's like a simulation. Like, wow. Not, not just like a video game. That's, you no, know, that's no, cool, yeah. but I mean, actually. Military like, simulation. Wow. Hey, you yeah. know, that would be fun. Uh, <laughs> it's not everybody that gets to say they did something like that. Oh no, this is this is this is an honor to be playing in this. I mean, you know what I mean? It's, a, oh, yeah, it's really uh, cool. My family's full of Marines. Marines. My brother is a Marine, and you know we have a long history of Marines in, uh, in my family. So anytime we can do anything to support the uh, armed forces, I'm all behind it, hundred percent. I think yeah. I agree. It's total honor. I think Coach Anderson. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Coach Anderson was going to be one of the one of the coach. I think maybe opposing coaches were going to coach some of the officers, and they were going to play against each other. So, oh, that's that'd cool. be a really cool, <laughs> really cool, cool thing. And, Golly, I want to see that. I know that'd be really awesome. Because you know they play all the time. I don't know. What a great you know sport <laughs> to keep you in shape. Oh, you know they're in shape over there in El Paso, isn't it? Oh yeah, West, West Texas. <laughs> oh yeah. So that, yeah. that sounds like a fun. Co- I know they've been out there since yesterday. You know, those three or four day trips. So that's, you know, special experience for the players. Mhm. So do we want to go through the uh, the lineup or? Yeah, we can go. Um, especially kind of going off because they already played. They played the game. Um, you know, some of their starters. Um, they go with three, a three guard lineup. Um, Point guard Matt Coleman, 6'2 sophomore, started last year as a freshman, averaged about 10 points a game, four assists. He had 13 points, seven assists, only two turnovers against Eastern Illinois, so he um, played the most minutes. So that's the guy, Matt Coleman, you'll see a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the shooting guard, Jace Febre, uh 6'5 sophomore, played a lot last year, scored about nine points. Looks like they have three guys score nine, so it looks like a balance. Okay. Uh, balanced offense, no just major NBA, just you know, mm-hmm. five, a lot six, of pass. Years, but yeah, a lot of sharing. I mean, sharing the ball. Another guy, uh, Elijah Mitchell Long, one of their forwards. He had uh, six, six assists. Uh, yeah, so he's another six-one uh, junior. Um, so like to play that team ball. Um, the forwards, Dylan Ostakowski, and a lot of people. I don't know, not to. Something I was reading about uh, that a lot of Texas fans think he's fat on um, six two nine two fifty, 
Uh, he looks like a longhorn, if anybody knows. Everybody uh, thought Big O was fat, too, so, you know. Oh, yeah, but this guy, when you see him Friday night, you'll see this Dylan Osetkowski. He looks like a longhorn. Uh, 13 points, uh, six-something rebounds last year, so. Uh, he looks like an possession. actual cow? Yeah. Like I don't know. Like you'll just. He just I looks like a pet. I mean, I got, I got a picture <laughs> in my head of a hooven. Oh, it's like a basketball player running around out there. Oh, yeah. Is, is he going to be like our uh, 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 Jared Lorenzo of the uh, basketball world? <laughs> Maybe. I don't think he's that bad, but uh, he'll, he'll be matched <laughs> up with Gaff. I think Gaffer should be able to get the best of him. But, uh, well, I meant when Jared was in college, not whenever, not now. <laughs> Oh no, he's a big old boy. Yeah, he wasn't. I wasn't. I guess he maybe not exactly fat, but he was a big old boy. And their other forward, Texas, Jericho, Jericho Sim, six-time sophomore, played last year. He was second in blocks. And then oh, they got okay. Jackson Hayes, Courtney Ramey, Kamaka Hepa plays some minutes. Andrew Jones, who's actually a great story. Hard not to root for. Him. Even as long, he had leukemia just oh. last year, beat it, and he he's played a, a seven or nine minutes. In that first game, had leukemia battle and beat it. Oh wow! <laughs> Makes well, so playing nine games. Him, yeah, that's, a, him. that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I hope, I hope he has a good game. I hope Arkansas wins, but I wouldn't mind seeing him. You know, yeah, have a good man. game. Absolutely, absolutely. I hope he has a good game. I hope it's not quite good enough. No, exactly. <laughs> 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 hmm. So, uh, what about the Kerwin uh, Roach? His regard, is he anything? Well, he didn't play in this last game, so oh, okay. uh, maybe he was hurt. Uh, I do, I do recognize that name. I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess he's a six three hundred sixty oh. pound shooting guard from Houston. Yeah, Texas. actually, he's a senior. Yeah, um, he just didn't play that game because I know, I know, we played him before. We played him a couple years ago. He started 31 out of 32 games last year. He was a team in steals and assists. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't see anything about that. But that'd be big. I wouldn't mind him being out another game. Uh, you know, a senior guard. I know he was a lot like more uh, freshman guy, so. Yeah, he was named like uh, Big 12 newcomer of the year last year, and so on and so forth. So I thought maybe. Uh, he might be one of them guys to watch. Maybe not. Well, yeah, yeah, he's the main preseason all Big 12 honorable mention, but I just didn't see him because he didn't play the first oh. game of the year for him. So. But, yeah, he's, yeah. he uh, – oh, he sustained a torn meniscus in his right, right knee in August. Oh. But he's supposed to make a full a recovery. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's good. I mean, so I'm he'll be back. Make but, a recovery. Yeah, so he – Maybe he'll get, get back towards the end of the year or something so he can get back this year. Yeah, I don't know if he'll rush back for this game. Yeah, yeah. Not. no, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I hate to see anybody get hurt. I'm not going to root for him. To I just want to be careful. Get hurt. Yeah. But if you are hurt, you know, just go ahead and hold out for a couple more games and come on back in whenever it's 100%, you know. Yeah, don't rush back. Take care of yourself, uh, yeah. Jordan Roach. I mean, no reason to rush back to try yourself. We're, we're looking out to – your not even, interest, a, not even a Big 12 game. Man. No, it's not a conference. Second game of the year, I mean, you know what I mean? Just just, just rest. Hey, kick your feet up. He's just staying off to kick your feet up. Gatorade. Yeah. Do some homework or something. 
give an informed opinion of the racetracks when you're not seeing what they're doing, you know? Yeah, uh, so they'll play Texas tomorrow night. We'll get to watch that game on ESPN. And then uh, we play uh, UC Davis on Monday night at Doug Walt's first home game. And that's on, I mean, it should be on ESPN uh, Network Plus or ESPN 3. Something. I don't know if it's on regular ESPN Network, but it'll be surely, I think every game is available to watch. So we'll be able to watch two games before the next uh, podcast. It'll be good to, good to be able to actually see the team. And if you're a fan of the Razorback basketball game, and, and that's why you tuned in tonight, you know, we appreciate you tuning in. Of course, we're going to try to cover all sports, and if you want an in-depth analysis of our preseason coverage. That would be the previous podcast, and that's why we're not going to go into it as in-depth in this podcast. Oh, yeah, because we kind of went through the – Well, we gave you a good hour and a half in the last one, I think. Yeah, that was uh, that was the best, uh, basketball preview. We'll be able to see more. I mean, two games is going to be I'm, – I'm excited. Uh, so we're going to have uh, some stuff to bring you next week. Mm-hmm. You know? We're going to bring a nice, long podcast that really gets into the – Football and the and the basketball, and then uh, you know as the end of the year comes to a close, and we close out basketball with the silver stick, or close out football with stick straight to basketball. So super mm-hmm. excited about it. So I oh, think I, we need, I think we need some uh, predictions here. Oh, dang! Uh, I had a football one. Um, basketball gonna be a little tough, but I, I know I can do it. Um, I'm gonna predict. Arkansas, 82, Texas, 76. All right, so I was going to go Arkansas, 83, Texas, 72. That's what I had in my mind. <laughs> nice. And I don't know. <laughs> well, I got to stick with it, you know. Gotta I like this. I think there's a good stat about I don't, I don't have it, but a good stat about I know when Anderson teams score 80. There's a lot better. I mean, anybody I guess can score more points, a better chance of winning. But mm-hmm. I know that hey, hit that 80 mark uh, these days, and we have a good chance. I think we, this team is going to be able to put up some points, and I think, I, mean, I think we should be able to beat that. Yeah, I think it's important to understand this is a game that we can definitely win. This isn't one of those games where you know we're outmatched or, or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's not like Kentucky. Uh, going in to play Duke or something like that. <laughs> you know, Kentucky just totally outmatches them, and there's no way Duke can beat them. And they just go in there and blow them. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Maybe I'm getting that mixed up. <laughs> what? Surely. Maybe, well, Kentucky was ranked like number two or something, wasn't they? Wow, no way a number two team in the nation would be uh, would get beat by 40, would they? Yeah, I think that could – maybe that did happen. I tell you what, I'm I'm glad we don't I'm glad we don't play Duke this year. <laughs> Is it? Well, we got a real opportunity to win, and, and we, like we said, we're going to have a, we may have a slow start, and we're not always going to be able to pick um, the University of Arkansas to win all these games at the beginning of the year. But this is one of those games where we really can confidently do that and say that we have a really good chance of winning where we're really evenly matched teams. Yeah, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a well matched game. It's gonna be a close game. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think it's gonna come down to who comes out on, on, and, and uh, has that first run. I think the first run is probably going to to uh, determine yeah, I, who's gonna win it. 
Yeah, so I'd like to see some gaffer dunks and uh, Isaiah Joe and uh, some three-pointers by him just come out sharpshooting, mm-hmm. uh, getting some dunks, get some transition skills, uh, really, really set the tone of the game. Yeah, I want to see some passing, some three-point shots, mm-hmm. some dunks, you know, just really, really taking it. And here's my thing, too, if, if I don't feel like this is one of the things that we've seen Arkansas do in the past, and sometimes they'll get stuck on the three-point shot. Like they just feel like they have to have mm-hmm. it, you know. Mm-hmm. And they'll be, you know, they just put it up and put it up and put it up, and they, and they won't, you know, won't, they won't get it. You know, I'd rather them go ahead and pass it a little bit more, get it inside, you know, take it, take a, uh, take a two-point shot over a three-point shot that they're just not draining. You know, yeah, if they come out hot, by all means, throw them up. You know, but. Yeah. That's one thing I'm excited about this team, or uh, I would like to think. You know, last year, uh, and these guys are great making it. Barker was there for a couple of years, but, you know, they were, it was coming down to them. They were going to take a lot of shots. I think this seems to be more balanced as far as who takes the shot, except for, uh, you know, give Gafford the ball. He should get 20 shots a game. I mean, that sounds like a good bit, but he should be getting given to him when he's got position down low and just, you know, take the high percentage shot. But then kick it out to, you know, wide open three, but no. It's, this team should uh, should not be one to rush the shot. No, I agree. I agree. I think we got. I think we got an amazing opportunity. I'm excited for the game. Going to be watching it. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you guys will watch it with us. Um, I'm assuming we'll probably be tweeting. Uh, I know we'll be texting. So, yeah, I think we might. I don't know. Maybe in the future, if if others are interested, we could start talking about doing like a uh, a discord uh channel where like some of the fans can come and like watch a game with us or something that'd be kind of oh yeah that'd be kind of neat huh mm-hmm. i don't know just something to throw out there if anybody else is interested in that just yeah sure. just shoot us a tweet or an email whatnot, let us know that'd be funny i'm looking forward to beating texas yeah Beating Texas in the next day, beating LSU is going to be a good weekend. Oh, absolutely! And look, if you're betting on the uh, basketball games, you know, go ahead and go to my bucket. Put fifty dollars in. Once you put that fifty dollars in, they're going to match it if you use uh, promo code Hog Call. Then you'll have a hundred dollars to play with. You'll be able to bet on basketball games all weekend long. So go ahead and use promo code Hog Call at my bookie. Um, Great app, great website, and always pay out. Um, I guess what is what is Vegas saying? What is my bookie saying about uh, about this game? Who they got? Oh, uh, nope. I was just gonna find uh, Texas is uh, favored by six and a half. Wow. Oh wow. Texas is about almost a seven point uh, favorite. So okay, okay, okay. So it might be a good game. Put a little money on the Hawks. Yeah. Wow, that's, I think I think we'll play closer than that. But in basketball six, you know, that seems a little uh well no, that's I mean that's 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 pretty wide margin, so uh mm-hmm. that is good. I'm glad you brought that up. We have the same kind of thought. Uh same kind of what what everybody else said, you know, young season. Let's we'll see what kind of Vegas is uh you know, they're right a lot of times. They they watch a lot of basketball and do all their data and everything, so that's interesting. And keeping them within six points, that's, again, that's a respectful um, margin in basketball. Mm-hmm. It's only two three-point shots. So they're yeah. not saying that we don't have a chance. 
They're just no, that's, saying, yeah, that's really close. Yeah, they're saying that uh, you know they're trying to they're trying to hedge their bets. They're trying to win. So for them, they feel like if they give Texas six, that it's going to be a close enough game. Or if you put money on Arkansas, you're still going to lose. Yeah, that's a couple possession game, you know, especially at the end of the games with free throws. That you know mm-hmm. happens a lot. But I think that's respectful. I want us. I mean, we need it. We should be underdogs. There's not really a lot known about us. You know, oh, yeah. Texas. They got some returning starters, so I don't. You know, I don't blame anybody for. We got to prove them wrong. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, we'll see. We'll see with some injuries and stuff like that. I mean, we got a great opportunity to win this game. You know, so support the, support the Hogs. If you're a fan mm-hmm. of the uh, University of Arkansas football team and you haven't watched basketball, and now it's time to start watching. Uh, basketball is an amazing sport. It's a fun sport. It's a fast sport. Um, and I'll tell you, it's the, the Razorbacks and Mike Anderson basketball is a fun uh, type of basketball to watch. If you're, if you're getting into it, that's a fun uh, basketball to watch. And if you're already into it, you know, awesome. We're, we're excited that you're going to be there. We know you're going to be watching and seeing what's happening because when you have a young team like this, um, it's always an opportunity that it can either it can go amazing and be a magical season that you never expected. Um, it can be a good season, you know, that you never expected. Or, you know, it can take another route. Uh, I, don't, I don't expect it to take another route. I think with the players we got, I just felt like we were able to recruit so well that we're going to have a good uh, basketball team this year. Yeah, and I think um, uh, even Daniel Gafford uh, is going to be a top ten draft NBA draft pick. He's worth the price of admission, worth it. But I think the the, the program's the staple right now, and I feel like we're an NCAA tournament team every year. That's mm-hmm. definitely the the, the the you know the the, the floor expectations. And who knows? Maybe this team. Um, uh, Maybe it ends up being the best Anderson team. Maybe some way the chemistry, how it works out, and how there's, you know, things work out could be the best team. Um, basketball seasons are fun to ride out. I think we'll, uh, even though we're young, might hit a speed bump. I think we'll still have a good record, um, you know, throughout the winter and uh, keep every, keep all the Hawks fans locked in. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I love it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, me too. Super excited. I think it's gonna be fun. I'm excited that everybody else is excited. Um, keep keep an eye on our Twitter. Uh, we're gonna be updating you there and uh, moving forward. So I guess we should need to talk about something that is not uh, sports related, like we always do. And I'm still gonna keep it a little bit sports related this time. So I think this was hilarious. So so Will Muschamp uh, gets a question by a reporter and they ask him. Did you talk to your players about the election? And he says, well, I was preparing for Florida. I didn't even know there was election. Same thing that that uh, Nick Saban said yeah. two uh-huh. years back. And when Nick Saban said it, it was like basically you could tell he was really saying, I don't want to talk about Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, was, that was really what he meant. And you know that's what he meant. For sure, because he's not been a political ad this year. So you know he's been. So you know he knew he's into politics. He knew what's going on. So anyway, so everybody's like all the uh, all the media over in uh, South Carolina saying that um, Muschamp should have 
uh, talk to the team and talk to them about voting and being a better uh, uh, citizen and a better uh, role model for the team. And that, you know, is this the type of basketball? Or I'm not sorry, we just got off the basketball. But is this the type of football <laughs> coach that we want? Uh, do we want these type of values? And uh, you know, should he should have talked to the team? And I'm just gonna say, you know, I feel like. You know, you do got an obligation to be a uh, leader uh, when you're in charge of a basketball team, and you do have the lives of a bunch of young men in your um, in your uh, hands, and it's the first time that they're they're stepping out onto their own, and they need a little bit of guidance from the adults in their life, and you are one of the adults in their life. I'm not saying you tell them how to vote. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you tell them you know, who to vote for, what to vote for, anything like that. I think that's a personal decision. I don't think that's something you can force on the players. I think that, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different uh, political ideologies on a football team, and, and that's one thing that makes it great is because it's one of those places where you can have a bunch of different viewpoints and opinions, and you come together and you and – you, uh, and you make things uh, you make things happen. And mm-hmm. you're still, you're still Americans. You're still Razorbacks. You're still Gamecocks. Whatever mm-hmm. it might be, um, you're still. A, there's more to you than your ideology. You know, there's more bond in you than your religious preferences, your ideology, your political preferences, any of that. There's more bond in you. Uh, the, the just being a human being and going to the same school and and you care for each other and all these bonds come together. So you can't like go in there and make it a partisan atmosphere where you tell them, well, you got to vote this way or you got to vote that way. But I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, the election is coming up. Here's how you would go about getting an absentee ballot because mm-hmm. you're in college. You're probably registered to vote uh, wherever you lived at with your mom and dad. Uh, you got a lot of players who, uh, you know, are, are out of state and so on and so forth. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, here's how you contact, you know, the supervisor of elections from your state. Here's how you ask for a ballot, you know, and you encourage them to go ahead and get out there and vote and do their civic duty and let them know that you're going to be voting. And just, just, you know, maybe tell them it's important. And, and how long does that take? I mean, it don't take an hour to sit around and talk to people about that. You probably take 30 minutes of your day to, to jump on that in at the beginning of a team meeting and, and just, just give them a, a heads up about it. I just think, you know, as a leader of young men and a molder of minds, it's important that you, you talk about more than football. And I saw a statistic the other day that I thought was really sad where it said they asked, they took college students um, who had graduated with their degrees and they said, Tell me who the most important influences in your school career were. And 70% of them said it was their professors. 20% of them uh, said it was uh, friends or parents. Um, and then 10% said it was a sports coach. And <laughs> you got to think that used to be much higher. So we got to start thinking about not only you know, how we're molding um, the youth that are looking up to us. But, you know, if we're, if we're being role models 
as coaches. And I think that's important that, that coaches are role models and they do everything they can to, to show that winning is important and you want to win in life, but also here are some other life uh, skills that are important. What say you, Tim? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, they, uh, football coaches need to be role models, not just uh, robots. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. have, a, have a balanced um, uh, knowledge in your life, not especially college. You know, college, you're um, – you know, NFL is one thing when they're they're grown adults and they've, uh, you know, what I mean, that's the job. And it's one thing mm-hmm. just to be football, you know, all football. But they as much time as they're spending with you, and you know, starting that relationship from recruiting. Um, why would you not want to have those relationships and teach them about life? Um, um, how does that hurt? I mean, you're right out of, uh, you know, you're 18 through you know 22 years old mostly. Um, you're very young, impressionable, and uh, there's a lot of things, um, uh, advice, there's a lot of things you can learn. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, it's, it's a lot of those players' first opportunity to vote, you know, it's, uh, at 18. Um, like I said, absentee ballot, I don't, it's not that, uh, not that hard and long of a process. It makes you feel, um, I don't know, it makes you feel, it's a very important thing to do. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're a part of a community of people walking down the street, driving their cars, watching you in the stands. And um, it's, it's good kind of to know, you know, you know, pretty much the other. So you don't want to uh, you know, just teaching that kind of uh, uh, you don't want to hang half the people you're going to end up uh, working with. You know, it's like anybody kind of an office or any other, you know, any kind of a job place. You know, even though half mm-hmm. the people don't agree with you politically, you still still work with them. Uh, you know, you know what I mean. So it kind of uh, different. Um, I don't know. I don't like the must chance. That's that's yeah, terrible. I know when Saban said it and stuff, and you could tell something, but just to act like oh, I wouldn't even mention it. Like, how do you not even just real quickly like, hey, it's coming up. It's important. Uh, you're gonna see a lot about it on social media. Hear about it. Here's what you need to do, and here's the help for you to take part in it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, I guess uh, I hope the Hogs beat Texas. I hope mm-hmm. the Hogs beat LSU. Golly, mm-hmm. what a big week. Wow. What a big week. Yeah, that's exciting. It's a fun weekend, everybody. I hope we get the boot. I hope we bring the boot home. Well, that's it for the Hog Call Podcast. Go Hogs. Whoop, pick, suey. <laughs>